When you're at university, your hormones are raging. Temptations are everywhere. Everybody in your dorm, in your halls, everywhere around, everybody's hooking up with someone. And you're there trying to be safe and chaste. Allah in the Quran describes the contract of marriage as a heavy contract. It's a big responsibility. Don't you dare even think about it. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to the Roots podcast. I'm your host Hamza, a student at Manchester University, and I am with Ustad Sham and a very special guest. Ustad Sham, introduce yourself for the very few that still don't know who you are. Hisham Abu Yusuf, um, one of the directors at Roots Academy, and with my beloved teacher, Sheikh Muhammad Mustafa Shaybani. Who needs no introduction or? I think for, for this audience, maybe, okay. Sheikh Shabani, tell us, who are you? Muhammad Mustafa Shabani, I'm from Mauritania. I'm pretty sure many people, they don't know where is Mauritania even. It's in Northwest Africa. Uh, I'm a PhD student in the last stage, Islamic finance. Uh, and I'm in the UK here six years, six years, nearly six years. Khatib and uh, do lectures, Islamic lectures in uh, some mosques in Manchester. Welcome. Thank you very much. So, not about Islamic finance today, no. but something else which the audience knows about because it's in the title. Mm -hmm. Very big word, marriage. But I'm going to steal your words, Ustad Sham, because you said this podcast, this very first one about marriage, is not the one they want, it's the one they need. What does that mean and what is this episode about? This episode is um, is about the statement that's hopefully going to ring in everybody's ears for a while. Don't you dare even think about it. There's um, When you're at university, your hormones are raging. Temptations are everywhere. Um, there's plenty. Oh, everybody in your dorm, in your halls, everywhere around, everybody's hooking up with someone. And you're there trying to be safe and chaste and... The only place your mind wanders is maybe I should think about getting married. And the question is, should you even be thinking about that? Um, are you ready? Should you be even considering the thought or should you be saying, no, I've got a long way to go first? Uh, that's really what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to be ready for marriage? What do we need to do to get there? Um, and that's what we have shared mm -hmm. with us and yourself as well. Yeah. So, you know what, Let's let's paint a picture. Okay, of maybe it's harsh to say typical university student, but in my head, a typical university student. Let's let's give this typical uni student a name. Give us a name, Ustad. Abdullah. Abdullah. Okay, we've got we've got the typical Abdullah, who's a second year accounting student. Okay, and Abdullah here he wakes up eight fifty five a.m. for his nine a.m. lectures. Um, doesn't shower. Doesn't brush his teeth. <laughs> arrives to the lecture twenty minutes late goes to the lecture, finishes 11 a.m., goes home, and plays PS5 for three hours, gets in about 30 minutes revision, goes out with the boys, comes home, goes to sleep. Productive day is achieved. Is Abdullah ready for marriage? That's the question. I think we're gonna post this to Sheikh. But before Abdullah, why, why, why there is no example for Fatima also? Why just Abdullah? Or Fatima. Good. Yes, mm. good. Yusuf, That's very important. Yes. Time for the Fatima. <laughs> so. That's, I think, a good question. Am I ready for marriage? I think many 
all, all the students, they thought about n marriage. But the, the, the question is, am I m ready for marriage? Some people may, for them, this question seems strange. Everyone is ready for marriage. But the answer is not. You have to know what does marriage mean? This big concept in Islam is a very, very big concept. Allah in, in the Quran describe the contract of marriage as a heavy contract. Heavy contract. It's a big responsibility. So I think we should start our discussion. What's the importance of marriage first? Or what's the concept of marriage according to Islam? What do you think, Ustad Hisham? Mm, I think I'm with you on that one. You have to know what you're getting into. Right? So someone's 16, 17, 15, you know, they wouldn't sign a lease for an extremely expensive car to rent, to rent a car or to purchase a house because do they even know what they're getting into? You know, so uh, it's important to understand the commitment. What is it that you're, that you're committing to? Sometimes a young man, young woman mm -hmm. in the UK, in Australia, in Canada, everybody around them is hooking up, dating, boyfriends, girlfriends. And they're like, okay, I want a girlfriend. I want a halal girlfriend. So that's what they think marriage is. I want a halal boyfriend, a halal girlfriend. It's somebody I know from school, from college, but let's make it halal. So they think that, but then what happens with girlfriends and boyfriends? This, the idea, the casual relationship. Six months later, you get bored. Or you think, mm, she's not the one. But you, do, you can't get the refund that easily. <laughs> you know, when you go to the show, you buy a piece of clothing, you say, and sometimes they say, look, no refund after six months. <laughs> it's like, it's, you, don't, you didn't realize what you got into. So I guess the first thing maybe, if we want to understand what is marriage, is uh, why is marriage so important in Islam but in modern society, casual relationships, temporary relationships that look for pleasure. In Islam, is it just about pleasure? Is it just about having a friend? Or what's the end goal for marriage? Very good question. I think marriage, every human being is, is all the people get married, either Muslims or non-Muslims. But in Islam, there's something special. In Islam, we believe that every act in this life is a type of worship. Mm. Allah will ask us in the day of judgment, how do you pray? And also, how do you treat your spouse? That's both our type of ibadah. Mm. So we should understand this. Marriage in Islam, when Allah talk about marriage, if you just reflect upon those ayat talk about marriage, it makes something very big. When Allah in Surah Al-Rum say, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ From the signs of Allah that He create for you a, a spouse which is from you, from yourselves and to have a sakina لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا Comfort tranquility. It means zawaj in Islam is how Allah created the human being from the beginning. When he created Adam and Hawa, his rule in this nature is that male and female get married and they get children after that. That's how Allah spread humanity. However, Islam said, when you get married, you look for something. 
Human beings, they look for temptation. Absolutely, this is also in Islam. We are human beings. However, Allah described what you need here, Sakina. It means if you get married, you'll feel that something, what I can describe, you feel that tranquility, that you become a different person. Hmm. That's maybe the right word, a different, completely different person. You open your eyes for new responsibilities hmm. and also new pleasures. Hmm. Maybe this is can, that's, that's how the, the is important. That's why Prophet ﷺ encourages the youth to get married quickly if they can, if they are mature, if they are ready, because this is something very big in Islam. Allah will reward you and will ask you in the day of judgment. Last thing here, that in Islam, when we establish a family, we look to the future. We want to raise a pious children in the path of Allah wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. If I have this responsibility, this tension, or this intention, then all my standards will be different mm. because I have a big goal in Islam. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, for instance, as an analogy, somebody is applying to, to work somewhere for one week, temporary job, zero hour contract. They know there's not, there's not a big goal behind it. So they don't make any friends. They don't talk to anybody. They might even be rude to some people at work. Quick in and out, book in, check in and check out, done. But if you come to a workplace, for instance, and you think, I want to be here for 20 years. I want to one day be the CEO. From day one, you act differently because you're playing a long-term game. Mm. So I think that's what, that's what we're saying here. Yeah. So you both have described the successful marriage very beautifully. Mm. Um, something that gives you tranquility, something that gives you peace, something that can allow you to do another form of worship. It's a form of worship to serve your wife and be successful in that marriage. Um, and it gives you that responsibility um, and it gives you that big goal, long-term goal to constantly improve. That's the successful marriage, the long-term marriage. But what we see in this day and age is not very long-term marriages. You see a very high divorce rate. And I think maybe if we look at what goes wrong in marriages, why they're not successful at the moment, why divorces are so high, maybe we can then retrospectively say, okay, what do we need to do to prepare for that so that it doesn't happen? So how come that successful marriage that you've described doesn't happen very often? I think that's a good question. I think there's several reasons. The first one is, I think we have to redefine the concept of maturity. Long time ago, maturity is it's very easy to define if a man is mature or a woman is mature. We live nowadays in a very complicated life. And as you said in the beginning, just uh, Abdullah wake up in the morning and he go to the, he's very busy. And what he learn at school, do the universities teach us the life skills we need to be a good spouse, a good father, or just information about science, language, and a lot of informations. I think maturity, it means a certain type of skills, life skills, how to deal with your spouse, how to live with someone for long term, mm. with how to deal with your in-laws, how to deal with this new life. 
that's type of life skill is very important. Mm. In the past, they used to learn it from to be in the company of the eldest people, the wise people, that's how they learn. But nowadays in our syllabus or curriculum, I don't think this type of skills are there. So we need first to redefine the maturity. I think lack of maturity is the first one. If you agree with me, Ustad Hisham. Of course. I think um, when I was a chaplain at university, the number of people who would say, bro, oh, I want to get married. It's too many. But like somebody who can't even boil a kettle, somebody who can't even keep an appointment, somebody who's never worked a job in their life, has no income, but all he's, let's say, from a male perspective, all he's thinking, I want a halal girlfriend. Or from a female perspective, it's like, oh, I like this guy, I want to make that relationship halal. But they've not thought about everything else. So maybe let's think about that one point. Like, um, Sheikh, Musa, Sheikh Muhammad has just mentioned what is maturity. There's a physical maturity, mm-hmm. okay? You know, whether you say puberty or I'm physically eligible for marriage, that's one thing. That makes you a male, but doesn't make you a man, for instance, makes you. So, um, maturity has many aspects to it. You know, we're talking about the ability to relationships, the ability to have long term relationships, dealing with conflict, dealing with finances, dealing with responsibilities. Okay. Let's say I've identified I'm immature. I'm a student, I'm at university. I've never had responsibility in my life, serious responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I struggle to even have a relationship with my parents. Okay, how do I develop my maturity? Where do I start? Very good question. I think you you mentioned a good example that am I mature when I deal with my parents? It means the point here is you have to develop self-skills that then you are ready to be responsible. Mm. Not just for the marriage, to be responsible for life, to deal with your car to fix your car, to deal with your job, to deal with your parents, to deal with all the problems in the life, you have to work on yourself first before you look for to get married with someone. Develop your skills first. Responsibility is very, very important. I think nowadays youth, they, they live very easy life from the beginning. They just open their eyes, everything is there. The, they just come from school. Usually in Britain here, there is no homework, no anything. You can pass till the GCSE and then, so everything is easy. So parents here need to develop the maturity in their children first. Mm-hmm. Or if you are at university now, you need to have to involve some activities that then you test your maturity here. I think this is very, very important because Responsibility is number one when we come to the maturity. Mm. So some big ideas have been thrown. And I think for Abdullah or Fatima, sorry if your name is Abdullah or Fatima, um, but for them, this might seem a bit overwhelming yeah, because they've been thinking about marriage and now you've just listed, what, 10 different things? Okay. Dealing with parents, dealing with siblings, uh, dealing with responsibility, you know, I can't boil a kettle, you know, <laughs> maybe I should learn that first. Yeah. So there's all these different kind of micro things in life that now is going through, you know, their heads. Okay. Yeah. Can we give some umbrella terms to what these big kind of skills are that they need to learn? And what do they need to prioritize first if 
they are feeling overwhelmed, there's so much that they need to do. What's the first thing they should be looking at? I think the, 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 we should divide this in four or five aspects, which is every, every human should develop himself in these skills. First of all, your relationship with your religion. So am I ready religiously? Uh, I, what about my salah, for example? Mm. Because what happened that high expectation from both genders, for I want to marry this woman and I have a lot of problems in my salah, but I want the very religious woman. She will fix all my problems. She will fix my salah. She will help me to fix my salah. It doesn't work like this. You have to improve yourself first. So the first one is your religion. There is a certain knowledge you have to know about your religion to be ready for the marriage. And also you have to develop a habit, religious habit, that you are, alhamdulillah, a religious man, which is which one of the most important is your salah, then you can look for your spouse. So why why always we as a man, when we look for a, a potential spouse, we need oh high standard, but we don't have that. We have very low standard. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> so the first one is religion. Second one is our social skills. That's why we said how we deal with our parents. Our am I social? Because when you come become a spouse, you have in laws. You have, you have a new responsibilities. Mm. So social aspects also is very important. Mm. I think a big question, just to go stick to those two is, okay, the first one, religion. You mentioned, of course, the five daily salah, but what is the bare minimum requirements? What is the threshold after this? Okay, I've, I've, I've ticked that off, that's enough. Maybe I could do more, but what is the minimum that someone needs to do with the first one, Islam, for example, and their relationship with Islam, to say, okay, I can even start considering? Very good, very good question. Uh, I think the minimum is, I always say to the parents, that we have uh, a curriculum which the Jibril came down from the heaven to teach the companions in the presence of the Rasulullah yes. and very simple curriculum, and it's has the basic requirements. Islam, Iman, Ihsan. Islam, it means these five pillars, Salah, Zakah, Sawm, Hajj, only Faraid, only the pillars of Islam. You have to know a basic information about this and you have to try to practice this basic Faraid. Then after that, you have to move to the Iman. Iman is to believe in Allah, His messengers, His angels, His books. Al-Yawmul Akhir, Al-Qadr. Basic knowledge of this is very important. For example, Nowadays, uh, one go to the university and then he face a question. He came to the home doubt of his iman, of his aqidah, doubt of the basic. Mm. That it means something big. Mm. So you have to take foundation of aqidah, iman billahi wa malaikati wa rasul. Not a details, just a foundation that you believe this is the right faith. If what happened outside, I will never leave Islam because this is the right religion. And the last thing in Ihsan, which is purification of our souls, minimum requirement of purification of our souls. I think this is a good curriculum to start with. 
Amazing, amazing. Mm. Um, and then onto that second point, which is social skills. Probably a bit harder to define the minimum requirements, but how can someone know for themselves, okay, I've got enough emotional intelligence. I can deal enough with the people around me, my parents, my siblings, my friends, family. How can you measure that I'm good enough or I have the minimum requirements for that? Uh, I, I think here we have to just learn a little bit about how we deal with our spouse. Because sometimes what I see in my experience, some people, they they success when they deal with their parents, with their friends. They are so friendly with their friends. But when they come to deal with their spouse, they become different person. It looks like, who's this new new creature I have to, to deal with? <laughs> so the, the best way here to learn about the Prophet ﷺ and how he deal with his wives. Amazing, amazing stories. Mm. Prophet ﷺ taught us how we deal with our wives. And the amazing thing is in that time in Arabia, the men, they, they are very harsh, especially in Mecca. Very harsh with, the, with their wives. Prophet ﷺ came to break all this traditions and make the perfect manner to deal with your spouse. Mm. So that's very important. I see, in, always come to my WhatsApp that oh, some women complain their, their husbands. And she said, he always very kindly, I can hear his laughing with his friends and he came late, but he can't go with me in a gen when I go with shopping, for example. He will complain a lot. He look at his watch. Oh, okay, that's enough. So you need to know how to deal with the spouse. Prophet Sallallahu is the best example in this, mm. this manner. Amazing. So, yeah. okay, number one tick, Islam. Number two tick, hopefully, emotional intelligence. What's the next on the, on the list? What do you think, Ustad Hisham? For men, finances. Finances, I agree yeah. with that. Absolutely. For men, you have someone at university. You know, he's broke and he's saying, um, I want to get married, you know. And then he says, he only knows one eye in the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> if they're poor, Allah will give, enrich them. That's the only eye in the whole Quran that he knows, this is, you know, to his advantage. And he's like, you know, let's go for it. But then the, it's, you know, there's a reality to, to marriage and it comes with expenses and you need to be able to look after each other. So there's a financial requirement, at least for men. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, financial requirements. And the reason behind that is in Islam that the man is the one who is responsible about the financial, all the financial affairs. The man who is the one who should offer the mahar, the one who should offer the accommodation, the spending. Do you know in Islam even if the woman, if the wife is very rich, very rich in Islam, she doesn't have to do anything to spend any penny in house unless she wants that yeah. i'm afraid this is will cause problem for some spouses but uh, <laughs> if if she do that absolutely this is very good mm. but islamically this is the responsibility of the man mm. so you should ready financially mm. Mm. that's a i think a bit controversial especially yeah. because we're talking to university students here yes and university students are not financially forget stable they're zero they're not even zero, they're negative because they've got... I think it's interesting you say that because, you know, my personal story, you know, I got married in the fir my first year of university. And, Allah. Hmm. Alhamdulillah. And um, 
I was working part time and I was earning just enough to rent a very humble accommodation for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. There are some spouses and there are some families, some father-in-laws. Alhamdulillah, I have a very good father-in-law. He took a bit of a risk on me, but <coughs> there are some father-in-laws who will say no. I want you to be earning X amount. You have to have a nice car. You have to have already bought your house yet. So, when we say financial requirement, we're saying enough to provide a decent accommodation, enough to provide for the day-to-day expenses of yourself and your spouse. Um, if you're a man, then if your wife is willing to contribute and she wants to contribute out of her, her own goodwill, then that's a separate thing. Um, but we shouldn't also, sometimes people in their mind, they exaggerate the requirement. Okay, I'm not going to get married. Why? Oh, I need to have X in savings first. So sometimes they exaggerate the requirement from their own selves. That's, mm. That didn't come from Allah. So, but the minimum requirement is not impossible to reach. You know, a studio apartment. Two people can live in a studio apartment. A studio apartment with a simple lifestyle, it will not cost you an arm and a leg. I didn't drive a car. Me and my wife used to walk to campus and back, right? We used to walk to university, walk back, walk to the supermarket, walk back. And we lived a simple life. And now we look back at those years, now that we drive and we have a larger, you know, accommodation. We look back, we thought, you know, there was a simplicity and a happiness to those years. So it doesn't always, it's not, doesn't, it's not impossible as much as people think. Mm. And you're living proof that as a university student, you can still provide. And providing isn't that impossible thing of being someone that has some corporate job or a official formal job and, you know, has, you know, paying rent, you know, has a car. That's not what it means to be stable. Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, I was working two to three part-time jobs at one time, at, you know, at one point in time. And um, to be honest, getting married pushed me to use my time. I had very limited time. I had to use my time wisely. I had to go look for jobs. I had, I had that a little bit of pressure. and it's, Pressure is not a bad thing. Good. So it was enough pressure that was positive for me to force myself to, you know, mm. get off the sofa. Mm-hmm. And so I think it could be, you know, it can be positive for many people. But it has to be taken seriously. That, mm. you know, you can't just walk into the marriage. I have no income. I play PlayStation all day. I watch Netflix all day. But I want a halal girlfriend. No, that's not how it works. So mm. we talk about maturity, social skills, relationship with Allah. And we talked about the finances. Mm-hmm. What's the next big thing on the list? Just I want to need to uh, add to finance. Uh, as as Stadi Sham said, when you have this intention to get married, you'll have a sense of responsibility. You will be never like this normal students. You will look for a part-time job. You will do something. That's responsible because you want something. Mm. You want to gain that. Second point, I'm just here a quick message to all parents. I see in my life, some parents, they are very rich. And they have this mentality. No, we'll never uh, help our children in anything. You have to take your full responsibility. I think that's not right. So why you, you raise your children all this and they need you in this time. And we live in very complicated life, to be honest. So parents also should help their students, their, their, sorry, their, 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 their children. The third point also, if that student at university want to get married with another student female also, they should help each other. Yes, I said women, they don't have to pay for anything but for 
reality, we live in very complicated life. They should help each other. Especially and during that period. Especially that period, yes. Mm-hmm. Just, to, ju- just that period when they, inshallah, but, but in my experience, I think everyone who intend to get marriage, he always has a sense of responsibility. It's not like normal students. Yeah. And the first thing come to his mind, finance. I should afford something. Because Allah wa ta'ala make the finance financial matters in the hand of the man because there is a lot, a lot of because there is some consequences also. That's why. So if it's very easy that I can get married today and divorce tomorrow and then everyone will get married. So yeah. this finance is very important to, to feel that sense of responsibility also. May Allah make inshallah easy for everyone inshallah. Mm. Just one point Sheikh Mustafa just mentioned I think it's important to emphasize if you are in first year of university second year of university third year college it doesn't matter make the intention to get married now and prepare for it. Make make it a plan. It could be a 5 year plan, could be a 3 year plan, but you're working towards something. Step mm. 1 I'm going to work part time. Step 2 I'm going to fix my salah problem. Step 3 I'm going to quit my pornography habit. I'm going to I'm going to spend, you know, amount of. T- I'm going to have kids one day, and I want to teach them Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Surah Al Fatiha. I don't want a madrasa teacher to get the reward. I should have the reward. Let me fix my Fatiha today. I can't recite it properly. Shame on me. Let me fix myself now. So it's almost a positive thing. I mean, we started with a morbid message, like, hey, don't even think of it yet. But let's flip it around. Make the intention now and prepare for it so that you can have a fantastic marriage. You can build a beautiful home, not a house, a home, a family, grandchildren, children, you know, family culture, smiling parents, etc. And all that requires you to do is to start working towards it now. Yeah. And, and you can be ready when you are graduate from university, inshallah. inshallah. Have to, inshallah, <laughs> celebration. <laughs> and it's almost like pretending that you're already married. Is that what you're trying to say? You're already married and you almost look at yourself in a different lens. Mm. Different lens. Very nice. Very nice mm. word. Yes. There's a small interesting thing from the life of the Prophet so, so. and from Arabian culture in general. The idea of the kunya. This idea of calling a child Abu something, father of X. This is a way this is like almost like a nickname in Arab culture. But when you tell someone you're a father of something, father of someone, it gives you a sense already from age six, seven, eight, you have a sense of responsibility. I'm someone's dad, even though you have no children. Mm. You know, Abu Yusuf, Abu uh, Abu Umair, right? The Prophet calls a little child Abu Umair, father of Umair. He's got no kids, he's a child himself. But that culture sets a tone, you know, from a young age. Okay. I think I think we can go, go forward to another important point, which is personal skills. I mean, if you want to get married, you have to develop yourself also. And I want to highlight one thing, which is cause a lot of problems in marriage. A lot of cases which I face, it's always a temper. If you have that type of person which get angry easily, I will tell you very, frankly, it's, uh, you have to fix this before you get married. Mm. Otherwise, you'll go to the sheikh every time, oh, I'm very angry and I get divorced. I say the talaq, I'm very angry. Mm. It's very important issue. Shaykhana, tell me something. Have you ever come across a case where somebody divorced their wife on the first day in <laughs> anger? <laughs> or first week, first month, like very early? I I face some cases in Britain. Mm. 
I will not mention the, the cities, but it's it's a two couples which <coughs> is very young. Unfortunately, they both at university also. Okay. And in the first three months, they get two divorces. And they came to me after three months, and they say, "Oh, oh I get married, and I, I I get angry." And and one funny things is one of them, they want to order pizza, okay, and the, and the delivery is came late. <laughs> So the, 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 the man is very, get very angry. Okay. And then he said, I told her, if I am angry, don't talk with me. That's her fault. She talked with me before. The <laughs> <laughs> because of the pizza. So that's reasonable. She is very hungry. Mm. That's also a message for every woman here. Mm. Don't talk to the man when he was angry. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. Yeah. Yes, very, very quick divorce. Mm. Three months, six months. And this is not something... He or she would have realized only after they got married. Oh, I have a temper. I didn't know about this. No, you know, you know yeah. yourself. Mm. One time after a khutbah, someone came to me. He goes, Sheikh, my nikah was yesterday. <laughs> I already gave my wife oh, that. I already, I, I told her, if you don't reach home by this time, you're outside the house. I'm not happy. You don't reach home by this time, you're divorced. On the first day. He goes, she reached home one hour after the time I gave her. What do I do? I was like, my friend, why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> I don't think you should have, you know, if your temper is, you know, an anger, it's like a fire. It starts as a spark and it can burn the whole house down. And the problem doesn't stop. And usually there's something deeply rooted. It's not something you can easily change overnight. Yes. And especially Allah, the Sharia put the, the talaq in the mouth of the, the husband. It means majority of men should realize this that if usually the wife some wives they ask you talaq a lot that's the nature of some women let them ask 1000 times don't give talaq in when you are in a tempest or when you are very angry never do it because allah give you this because you should think rationally when you come to this decision some people said oh this woman she asked me countless yeah that's okay but you are you are the man you are you should think rationally never give talaq when you are angry it's it's a form of it's it's like you know how many countries are allowed to have nuclear powers very few yeah. you know and there's a huge you know hoo-ha oh this country wants to have why because with great power comes great responsibility so you have the ability you, you this is something it can't be on the edge of your tongue but Again, we're working backwards from this. We're saying, you're a university student. If you have a temper problem, you have an honesty problem, you have uh, you keep slipping back into old habits, you can't stop watching the wrong stuff. This is another thing. Maybe for young men especially, but I think from my experience, young, young women as well. Um, one in six young people in the UK between 13 and 18 are addicted to pornography. Marriage is not going to solve it for you. If you have an addiction, uh, there's no magic in the spouse. It's not a spell. You know, boom, it's done. And there will be some underlying issues that you will suffer with because of your addiction. You will have high expectations of what intimacy looks like. You'll have high beauty expectations from your spouse. People will come to propose and you'll say no because you've got another picture in your mind. You'll say no, 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 no. So the deep-rooted issue needs to be dealt with. Otherwise, you'll face the consequences after marriage. Yeah, Absolutely. And there's definitely people watching here now thinking, okay, fine. 
you've diagnosed me. This is what's wrong with me, okay? I've got a temper issue. I'm watching the wrong stuff. I've got this addiction. Fine, fine, fine. What is the treatment? What's the management plan? And Ustad Shah, I actually really liked your Saturday talk because you really gave some very actionable points with that talk and you force people, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Mm. So what is the actionable points? What is the medicine for this diagnosis that you've just made? Go on, Ustad Shah. Every journey begins with the first step. And the first step is to take a real look at yourself, see where you are, and repent to Allah. All of these things are not just problems you have with other people or with your finances or with your eyes or with your parents. It's a problem you have with your Lord. With your Lord. The first step to everything is to embrace tawbah, to repent, and to admit, to confess, and to f- let the guilt, let the guilt, feel the guilt. And let the guilt spur you to have tears on the prayer mat. And when you have had tears on the prayer mat, ask Allah, Oh Allah, I'm at the beginning of this journey. I am a waste man. I am a loser. <laughs> yeah, I can't handle five pounds, let alone 500. But Oh Allah, you are the one who took Yusuf out of the well. You are the one who took Moses out of Madian and out of oppression. You are the one who saved Yunus from the belly of the whale. Save me, Allah. Show me the way. This is the first step. Absolutely, it's amazing. Absolutely, the first step is is come back to Allah, Tabaraka wa Taala. Allah can solve every problem. The just for the high expectation, we always think that we have this lack relationship with our Lord. But if I get married, my spouse will fill me, will save me, will give me happiness. Will all these things just from Allah, Tabaraka wa Taala? You should fall before you come to get married. You should realize that's the happiness only Allah Taala can put it in your heart. So if you come close to Him, you'll solve everything. He even will give you what they call tawfiq. You will choose the right potential. Everything will become easy in your marriage. Your financial problems will easy because you have a good intention that to get married from the sake of Allah and you are close to Allah Taala. Allah will make everything easy for you. And I saw many of people in this life, they, I know them personally, they are very, alhamdulillah, I thought they are very pious people. SubhanAllah, sometimes it's just the marriage come very easy, very easy, quick, the right potential, and then everything become easy. And I thought it's just secret behind that, that this closeness to Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala, hmm. she can solve everything. Yeah, yeah, and there's probably a lot of people listening, they've probably heard that same thing over and over and over again. Mm. Repent to Allah, repent to Allah. But how come for a lot of people that doesn't sink in, that's not enough for them? How come that isn't enough for a lot of people when, when you say that to them, do you think? Repentance to Allah wa ta'ala is, is a, a type of knowledge. You should learn it should learn the beautiful names of Allah Taala. Ustad Hijam has a very nice series in YouTube in Masjid Al-Furqan. I think 30 episodes about the names of Allah Taala. Believe me guys, this is, this type of knowledge is very, very important. You will feel the sweetness of Iman. Do you feel it one day? You will feel it, the sweetness of Iman. You will come and pray out of love. 
you will respect your parents out of love. Everything will become not just responsibility, become something that you like it. So that's very important in, in, in Tawbah. We need to learn this. We need to have learn this first and then try to implement what we learn. Another thing also, if we had issues, problems, personal problems, with all of this, come close to Allah also means to look for a solution in the reality. For example, I, someone who have, uh, get angry easily. Okay, you, there's, in the psychology now, there's a lot of solution Anger to get rid of this. Mm. Just go and take course for this. If you are serious, yeah. if you are addiction to this uh, pornography, also there is a lot of courses just about this because now become phenomena. Mm. So you can get rid of this, but have this intention, ask Allah first at night and then go for solution. Mm. Don't just- Because often it's the other way around. You, you forget about Allah, you forget about the repentance, you just want the action, okay? Yes. What is step one, step two, step three, step four mm. to fix my temper, to get more responsibility, to fix this addiction, um, to deal with conflict? Mm. You know, where do I go? Which people do I speak to? Mm. But we forget that first step, making that intention first mm. before then going on to the action. And I would give you a specific resource. If you're struggling with pornography, there's a org called Purify My Gaze. Purify Your Gaze, My Tazkiyah. These are organizations that specialize just in this. They give you a six-month you know, plan. They give you a coach. They give you accountability. They give you kind of um, an Islamic lens to help you psychologically deal with it, etc. You're struggling with anxiety, with depression, this CBT, there's other therapies, etc. You don't know how to manage your finances. There are courses, that, you know, get your first part-time job. Take the first step. Don't worry about the end goal. Hmm. Just take the first step. You want to get a job. Or you want to become financially responsible Just write a CV Don't worry about the next step mm -hmm. And um, Just a taster for what Sheikh said about I think a lot of it Confidence to get started with these things And not feeling overwhelmed It comes down this first, It comes down to knowing Allah And trusting Allah Musa alayhi salam leaves Egypt He doesn't know where he's going He doesn't know where he's going to end up He makes one trip he ends up in a place he has no idea, Madian, middle of nowhere. Within a short period of time, a day, he has a job, he has a wife, he has a mentor, he has a community. Why? What was his secret? It was two things. The first thing, he worked hard. The moment he arrives in Madian, he sees two women on the side. He's like, I'm going to help you. Don't worry, I'll sort you out. The second thing, he makes dua to Allah. When he reaches Madian, he helps these two ladies out. He lifts his hand and he says to Allah, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. Wallah, I need anything you're going to give me. I'm in need of you. Simple. It wasn't complicated. You start the journey. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you reach the end. So with that message of hope, don't feel overwhelmed. Just begin. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? On that point, can you give these people that first step? Because sometimes it's hard to actually visualize that first step. So can you help with that first step? Can you can you force these people? What exactly do they need to do tomorrow, this week, to take that first step? Let's say let, let's paint another picture. You've got give me give me another name. 
Mustafa. Mustafa. <laughs> You've got Mustafa, the, the computer scientist, mm -hmm. who never leaves his room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is quite similar to Abdullah. He wants to deal with his temper. He wants to get more responsibility. He wants to be able to know how to deal with conflict with other people in general life. What first step will, should Mustafa take this week and then go on from there? Shekhna, what do you think? I think the first step is to fix your relationship with your Lord. And I will give you this recipe. Just after Isha, when you're back home, go and perform wudu, go to your room, switch off the light, take your mat and pray to Raka. Try to focus on this to Raka. After that, sit down and talk to your Lord. What we call munajat. Don't prepare anything. Don't read from a paper. Re just, just say what's in your heart, in your own language, in English, in your local language, any language. Allah knows everything. For example, say, oh Allah, how many times I need to repent to you sincerely, but I always break my promise. I ask you in this moment, whereas no one can see me except you, no one can hear me except you, to give me help to go in your path. Oh Allah, I need, I have a lot of plans in my life. You control everything, you know everything. I, I'm in need, I need your help. Ask sincerely, oh Allah, if tomorrow I, I'm in my grave, is my grave will be a part of Jannah or a part of hellfire? My good deeds is very little, but I ask you in this moment, whereas no one can see me, no one can hear me except you, to make it part of Jannah. Oh Allah, this type of talking to your Lord every single night, just 10 minutes, Wallahi will change something in your heart. Then if you do that every night, then this five time prayers on time will be something from your habit, you'll never miss it because you will feel this, you will taste the sweetness of talk to your Lord. That's one recipe which is out of many people that experience this. Yeah. yeah. That's first step one. Yeah. Step two, relationships with human beings. You may have siblings, you may have parents. Just start with them. Start with your parents. Um, where are the gaps? You know, do you have a good relationship with them? Do you have a challenging parent? Are you have you been able to deal with them well? Have you put a smile on their face? Buy a mama one rose. That's an easy first step. Just buy a mama one rose, not, not a bouquet of flowers, just one rose. You know, what does your father enjoy doing? He enjoys a cup of tea. Make him a nice cup of tea. One, do one thing for your parents this week. Improve that relationship with the human beings. And the third thing, finances. Yeah. Um, Make a plan, you know, make a CV, apply for a job if you're a man, especially. Um, and a good you, CV. Huh? Yeah, a good CV, not any. Sometimes they, they reject you just because of a very bad CV. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm the boss, definitely I'll reject it. <laughs> so please improve it. Three, three initial steps, but the most important is the first. Whoever repairs their relationship with Allah, everything else will become easy for them. And whoever's relationship with Allah is sour, no amount of other steps will help you. Good. Have this foundation knowledge. Try to involve in any course. Which can you have a foundation of Iman, foundation of Islam, foundation of Ihsan, Tazkiyah. It's very important course. Mm. 
Yeah. You'll, you'll feel this responsibility and, oh, I will teach this to my, I will, I will teach this to my spouse, to, to my spouse, to my children. Because if, if you have this knowledge of deen, you know, even your standard will be different. You look for someone, you and him, they, and her, you will, you will build, you raise a pious children. You'll do something for this ummah. The marriage will become not just for pleasure, for something high. I want to do something for this ummah. I will raise a pious children, inshallah. They will do great thing for this ummah. Yeah. And just to plug, shameless plug, on 21 university campuses in the UK and one university campus in Canada, Roots Academy has been teaching the essentials, a structured weekly class covering Islam, Iman and Ihsan. Don't miss your Roots Academy weekly class and then come and ask me marriage questions afterwards. <laughs> sort yourself out. Learn about Iman. Hmm. Then ask me about the prenup agreement and about all the technicalities of marriage. So don't underestimate the importance of your local scholarship, your local scholar, Imams, your local teachers, your little local courses and your essentials. Yeah. yeah. So we've just talked about four very practical action points. Improve your relationship with Allah. Improve your relationship with people. Buy Imam a rose. That is an example, that is a specific action point. Make your dad a cup of tea. Third action point, make a CV. Again, not an example, an actual action point from Ustad Sham. And then number four, do not miss Roots Academy classes. Again, very, very actionable. So something that they can actually, you know, really practically take away. And I just want to end off this episode with something that's less practical um, and more of a concern that a lot of people might have, which is fine. Okay, I've I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Okay, I've improved my relationship. Okay, I don't think I'm as angry as any anymore. Though those bad habits that I had, those bad things that I was watching, I'm not doing that anymore. I've done everything. Okay, I think I'm more responsible. You know, I I, I can deal with conflict. Um, I've got my finances under control. But what if? What if I still don't get someone? What if it still doesn't work out? What if I still get a divorce? Can it still not work out? What if this, there's just so many things out of my control. What if my my partner, the spouse brings along problems? How do I deal with that? There's so many things that you can't predict. How can someone still feel comfortable with that and move on to the next step, which is looking for marriage? Study some. The Prophet said, Tie your camel, take your first steps, and all the other uncertainties. What if my spouse is a serial killer? What if X was it? Your mind will go wild. But if you have those basics, you have those foundations, you fulfill the minimum requirements, you're working on it, then leave the rest to Allah. You can never control all the uncertainties. Allah controls the winds, the time, space, the ships, the sea. The comets, the constellations, the orbits. You don't control anything. Say, Ya Hayyu, Ya Qayyum. O oh Allah, the living, the maintainer. Birahmatika astaghith. I seek help in your mercy. Aslih li sha'ni kulla. Fix all of my affairs. Wala takilni ila nafsi tarfata'in. Don't let me manage myself for even the blink of an eye. The Prophet would say this every morning and evening. Let that ease, let that ease your uncertainties, your worries, your anxieties. You're, you're working hard, you're, t- you're doing the steps, leave the rest to Allah. 
look at uh, also at the that uh, positive examples maybe Ustad uh, Hisham now mentioned his his example get married with the first year of of university look that at the positive example mm -hmm. that some people they can do it so if someone can do it I can do it that's very important with the help of Allah ta'ala everything will come easy just just think positively mm. and 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 try to if you can read some of the seerah of the Prophet especially regard to the marriage and how he sallallahu alayhi wasallam deal with marriage how he deal with conflict how he deal with his uh, wives that will give you a sense of 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 responsibility a sense of just have hope always hmm. it doesn't matter if you you don't you don't have to get married from the first year in college in in at university but at least when you prepare yourself in these three years after graduation immediately inshallah you will get married bismillah hmm. and very final question very final point which is what does it mean when we say marriage a spouse is a risk from allah and how can that give how can that give someone some comfort from that uncertainty definitely spouse is a big risk from allah ta'ala because allah said that if you found your spouse allah will give you sakina will give you love will give you uh, compassion will give you mercy will everything Prophet وسلم, when he talked about the best risk in this dunya, he said that a pious woman, that's the best risk. Why the best risk? Because just for those who, who are still single, if you marry someone and you have this compatibility with him or her, you live another life. You'll feel peace really. You'll, you'll, you'll go out and to your job or your work, and you feel something that everything is in its place. You'll, with him, you'll do a lot of things for the sake of Allah Taala. When you come to your house and find that children, you'll, you'll feel something you'll never taste in PlayStation, you'll never taste in, in uh, this haram stuff or all of these things. But this is big risk from Allah Taala. And what I want you to do is intention that this marriage is not just for pleasure. Pleasure definitely is essential, but some, some, something high. Mm. Ummah now need a pious family. Ummah now need to raise a pious children. They have this ultimate goal mm. to have a victory of this ummah. If we just think this type of thinking, Allah will help us and everything will be easy, inshallah ta'ala. any final words from you? Just do what Sheikh Mustafa said. <laughs> just, just listen to my Sheikh. That's the end of the story. I think, look, I think it's the most hyped thing to talk about for Muslims at university. To talk about, to think about. But I think here we've outlined some practical steps. And um, I think just get started and you will reach the end before you realize it. Sadi Sham, Sheikh Shabani, Jazakallah Khair. And Asalaamu Alaikum. Salam, salam, salam.